0: This episode of The Full Nerd, Intel Talks ATX 3.0. Welcome to a special episode of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with a very special guest, Intel's power supply expert, Stephen Eastman. Hello, Gordon. How you doing there? Great, thanks for being here, and Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal.
1: You know, I I got to be honest, I I don't know that much about power supplies as you two, so I'm I'm just here to field the questions. I'm I'm like the uh, the moderator of the chat. Uh, we'll make but, sure
2: you get the tough questions, okay? Yeah.
1: <laughs> right, but I'm I'm glad to have you on. We we were talking about this in the pre-show, but uh, yeah, it's it was 2020 when we 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 last chatted with you, so I'm I'm glad to have you back. Talk about a, a very important thing that that some people skimp out on, uh, but you shouldn't, you should, you should pay for a good power supply. So yes, if you're talking yes, about the feature no. of it.
2: I am. I am. Yes. And it is fun to be back. Thank you for, for inviting me back. I must have scared you away with my last one. So very good. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah. And last time you were here, we talked about ATX 12 VO, which was yes. single rail. Mm-hmm. Go watch that video. Cool stuff. Steven answers all your questions about that as well. Mm-hmm. This one though, more application to the conventional DIYer. It is the ATX multi rail specification. And we have a new spec, first time in a long time, I guess?
2: Um, well, major revision. I mean, I've done minor revisions back in like 2017 and 2018. There were some minor ones. But yeah, it's been 19 years since a mi- major revision. And the funny thing is, Intel's owned the spec since 1995. I still can't tell you who owned the spec back in 1995 at Intel. So you're like, you know, I I inherited it. I got it. I own it right now. Don't know who released it back then. So it's kind of funny. Yes. Yes. The document's been around for a very long time. And wow. Spec.
0: I can't believe that because, I mean, 1995 is the original ATX. spec. Yes.
2: Uh-huh. I had to go look it up and look at all the history and stuff. Yes. And even like, so if you if, if somebody's actually that nerdy and actually has downloaded the actual spec that's public. Um, you'll see uh, that even the document that we published today only goes back to 2006 in the revision history.
0: Yeah, why is that? Because I I was surprised it doesn't
2: go back further. Um, So let's let's try to make it short here. In 2006, Intel, well, there used to be ATX and like TFX and uh, SFX, all these different, they all had their own document. In 2006, Intel put them all together. And so you have the electricals are the same and then the Mechanicals are kind of an appendix in the back of the document. So it's one document that covers everything. And that's why if you look at the ATX spec, technically, and we actually changed the title. So it is ATX 3.0 at the top. And then, but actually the document is 2.0 because the document is the combined document. So yes.
0: Ah, that's good, 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 uh, ATX spec history there. Yes. Uh, and for people who get a little confused, ATX as a platform guide there's one that applies to motherboards and yes. I think chassis mm-hmm. This is the uh, power supply design guide, right? Just the power supply, yes. So this we're only talking about power supplies and help me understand this even because a, a lot of people go like, well, this is Intel coming out, you know, coming down from the mountain to say here's what everybody needs to do, you, you know, uh, you do it this way or hit the highway. Is that what's happening <laughs> here with this with this spec? No,
2: no, it's not. Uh, th- this is really, you know, um, uh, Intel takes this as an industry standard. and We take those words seriously, even though it technically has our name. Um, you know, qu- on the quick history, um, you used to be able to go download these websites uh, like before I took over it. It was like on a website called formfactors.org. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that made it seem like it was more of an industry standard, but technically Intel owned the pen of the document back then. Well now we got rid of formfactors.org and you know it's now it's just on intel.com. No, but really this is a uh, industry spec. Um if I was to rattle off the names of companies that we worked with over the probably 6 to 9 months to develop this revision of the spec, it's every uh, in, you know graphics card vendor, uh, OEM, uh, motherboard vendor, power split vendor that you can think of has had a chance to comment and give us feedback on this document. And majority of them have. um so it is a Truly industry working together. Um, Intel kind of leading the way on that aspect to do that. The other side of that, a lot of these changes are coming out of the PCI SIG and the PCI Chem Working Group that defines some of the, you know, how do graphics cards and PCI Express work? Um, a lot of it's coming from them. So Intel is just a partner. Intel owns the power supply design guides. So this is really Intel doing our part in the overall industry it's not intel doing something by ourselves it's intel just doing our part for the overall good of the industry
0: okay and i I, just for the audience because i know um, people are always skeptical of what companies say i have been talking to independent power supply companies and they most of them seem pretty happy and they they would agree that they have been consulted with with intel and and it's a it is a working relationship between the power supply vendors and intel on this so I just yes. want to verify that for people who are who are skeptical of it. Uh, here, Here's my first big question, though, uh, Stephen. Mm-hmm. We got HX 3.0, biggest revision in, I don't know. 19 years. Oh, my God. 19 years, two decades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do I have to buy a new power supply now? Because I got a lot of investments in power supplies, so I got to take what I got. Junk it.
1: Actually, uh, uh, to follow that up, we got a question from the chat. Uh, Byron Goodman asks, uh, will we need to buy a new case?
2: Uh, so the, first, the easy answer is, is even no, on, no on the case. Um, the, the, the mechanicals of ATX does not change. Um, so really, you could have an SFX, uh, you know, all the other TXs that you can have for form factor size. None of that form factor size changes. It's just the electricals inside the power supply. Okay. Uh, So answering your question, Gordon, about do you need to buy a new power supply? If you're buying, if you are, you know, uh, it's like, what's the purpose of ATX version three? That's really the question of what we're getting for. And it's for next generation systems. It's for next generation graphics cards and other PCI Express adding cards that require something we'll probably get into called power excursions. When you get adding cards that require these power excursions, that's when you need a new power supply.
0: Ah, okay, and that let's let's jump into the the biggest the thing that everybody will key up on in at ATX um, through point which is the mm-hmm. new PCIe twelve VHPWR, which is I believe pronounced uh, twelve volt high power is would be the way to yes. think about it.
2: Yes, if you're in the PCIe worker, that's what we say. It's at least twelve volt high power. We just call it that.
0: Okay, and that is a twelve pin uh, mini fit connector with an additional four pins on the side of it.
2: Yes, exactly. Yes.
0: Oh, I so. should have I should have sent Adam a picture that I had of it, but it, it looks but it looks like a traditional um, mini fit, like an eight pin and six pin PCIe connector. Those same same size.
2: Yeah, and I think I've seen online some pictures of also uh, where it's like you take this twelve pin connector and then you put the traditional two by four connector on top of each other, like it's the same physical length and size even though it's more pins uh the dimensions between them is it's like a what is it 4.2 is the 12 by 4 it's like 3.0 millimeters um so it's a it's a different size connector um so you can fit the 12 pins in the same you know envelope size
0: okay mechanical envelope and they're not, but they are keyed differently. You couldn't like mm, mm-hmm. take your six or eight pin and somehow magically find a combination that would jam into a video card. Uh, no, you can't do that. There's no way you can do that. And I, I ask that because believe me, someone will try. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, ne- never say no.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't expect it to be, and I would not recommend it. Let's put it that way.
0: I mean, yeah. So it is intense. It is intense. Cause I, and I say this and I know people go, well, that's crazy, but there are a lot of people who have never built a PC Mm-hmm. They may get a brand new video card, and they may just simply like, oh, maybe if I just keep jamming this in and it fits somewhere, it'll work. And that, believe me, that will happen. So that that's why I'm. <laughs> I'm
2: asking and and, and I would that. be surprised that you could actually do that. So I would be surprised. There might be a way if you get a hammer out, it might work but you're probably going to damage something more than just the connector when you do that so yeah okay
0: so this uh, so a couple questions mm-hmm. why so it's physically about the same if you sort of stacked you know uh, mm-hmm. the 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 con- existing connectors up but why not go to a smaller smaller size in the connector to 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 take up less board space was that considered um, or
2: it was considered, but the biggest thing was is you're pulling a lot of wattage. I mean, this new connector can go up to 600 watts. Um, that's 9.2 amps per pin. Um, it is a serious amount of current. Um, it, this is more current per pin than the old one. Uh, and it's like 16-gauge wire where the other one was 18-gauge wire. So it is a, you know, there's a significant amount of current coming through there, at least on the high end um, at, at the peak. So it's, you know, there is, you you got to have a significant, pin to handle that current
0: okay so that and so that was the main reason it's kept as a larger instead of a a smaller pin connector and then so uh for people it's unfortunately i don't have a picture of it but there is on the side of the connector there's four sense pins as they're called Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they they plug into the same block and they essentially let the video card know how much wattage it can draw from the power supply
2: Yeah, it's actually really nice. A new innovation uh, that we have. So technically the four sidebands they're called sideband signals. There's four sideband signals. Uh, Two of them are optional from the power supply perspective and two of them are required from the power supply perspective. Uh, So the two that are required from the power supply are sense zero and one. So that's where you get the sense name from, because those are the sense lines. And they really are the the, graph, the power supply gets to tell the graphics card how much power you can have. The, the idea is like, hey, you know, you want to support the, the whatever the, the latest, newest, uh, next-gen graphics card will be. Let's say there's a 550-watt graphics card just for the fun of it, right? I have a, let's say, a 600-watt power supply. There's no way a 600-watt power supply can support a 500-something graphics card, right? Okay, so that gra- power supply needs to be able to say how much power can you have, Mr. GPU. You can only have this much, so that's a way for the, the power supply to tell the GPU you can only have this much power. And there's four levels. So there's 150, 300, 450, and then 600. And if the and if you take an adapter cable and you don't plug in, you know, this right, it's like if you just take an adapter cable and say maybe I'll just take multiple 12, two, two by four connectors of the existing, you know, buy an adapter cable if they exist, they, they probably will, but whatever, they're not supposed to, but they might. Um, and you just do the adapter if it doesn't do the sense lines, you will get a bad experience because if it's open, open would be the scenario of the 150. So if you do not populate any of the sideband signals, it'll default down to 150 Watts. So if you go out and buy the the latest, greatest highest graphics card, when they all come out, you're expecting 500 and something Watts or 450 is usually the air cooled limit. You're going to be limited to 150 Watts and get a probably bad experience.
0: Oh, so, um, it's it, it's intentionally designed so because on the newer graphics cards we're seeing in the uh, the 3090 ti for example yeah it, it is a pcie 5 connector mm-hmm. with the sense pins and then it, most of the board makers are shipping with adapters are those allowed under the spec because it's basically three A three, pin to a pcie 5 connector from, well, I guess it depends on what spec you're talking about. Are you talking
2: PCIe Chem spec or like an ATX spec? Um, really none of the, either the PCIe Chem spec or the ATX spec address adapters. Let's put it that way. They don't say they're not allowed. They never say they're recommended. They just don't say anything. So yes, if they exist, the adapter person needs to make sure they're adapting it correctly but they're not necessarily called out, say so you can't have them, but they never say, here, this is how you do an adapter.
0: Sure. Oh, okay. I got but- it. Cause you don't, you don't want to limit them. Is there, um, so basically it sounds like the safety here is if I'm buying a, say an EVGA card or say mm-hmm. another brand card, I want to use the adapter that came with my card. It sounds like, I don't want to go like, Oh, I want to go buy this one on Amazon. Now for three dollars because I like the pretty color braid on it plug it in and see what happens kind of thing uh, the bigger thing is on
2: that is is understanding the sense line that comes with it so like yeah if you buy the the, the 3090T I think it's like a 450 watt TDP card is what they're expected to be on that thing um, and so I think it's that one needs you know the sense line to be in know one zero configurations so I forget which one's the one and the zero but anyway you have to have one's one's grounded and one's not. And you have to have that done correctly. Well, you got to have a right power supply for that size. Like we just talked about, you can't use a really small power supply, but so I probably would recommend, um, without knowing the details of those adapters, you probably need the adapter that comes with the card.
0: Okay. Sa- safest bet for your, yes. your fifth, your $2,000 video cards. Yeah. The one that comes with it. You don't go buy the $2 cheap one, Buy the one that comes with it or yes. Huh. Good. That's a good, good safety tip to know. Um, as far as the design of uh, the cable itself and the, the PCI-E5 connector, that's out of PCI-SIG. That's, that's not Intel, I guess? for
2: the, okay. No. I mean, Intel is part of the PCI-SIG, but it is not just Intel making that decision on that connector, yes. Okay. And, and if you're really nerdy and you've looked at both of my specs, there was ATX version 3 and ATX 12VO version 2. Since ATX 12VO came out a couple weeks later than the version three there's actually a different connector in the two specs oh does anybody notice that
0: i have not noticed that you know in fact i didn't even because the atx 12 vo which steven's super excited to talk about <laughs> yes. we're, we're going to talk about at the end i didn't even know i didn't realize there was a revision because it seemed fairly minor so i i did download it i haven't looked through it yet uh. Uh, so can we well then we can talk about it because i have downloaded what's the difference in the connector
2: so if you look at the, the one that's in the version three that most people talk about, if you look at the connector, and actually this is a discussion, the chem working group, we're working through it, um, type of thing. Uh, we worked with Intel, worked with Amphenol to do it, but it's part of the chem working group. We're all defining that type of thing. And, uh, the major thing is if you look at the chem and all the pictures online, I don't have one. I don't know if Gordon or, or Adam can pull one up real quick. When you grab the connector and think about grabbing the connector, the sense lines, when you grab it, can be pinched with the edge of the connector. And so the people are now that, now that, hey, people in the industry are starting to test these, we're getting them in our labs, we're actually grabbing them. And you can see that sometimes you can pinch the wire and those sense because they're only 28-gauge wire, they're fairly thin, we're afraid that they might break over use. So the difference in the connector is the shroud covering those four sense lines is extended farther to protect it as you were to grab it and plug it in.
0: Huh. Okay. I'm trying to find the, okay. Of course I can't find it now. I, I w- actually went in and, and look for a high res image of it from the spec, but I, I can't seem to locate that. Um, in chapter five, if you're looking at the, maybe Adam can find that. I, I so I also have a question. So obviously that's basically real world. People are testing it and they can, they can sense an issue if it gets pinched. So they're, they're, they're redesigning that to, to be uh, not a problem. Exactly. But it's yes. the, but the functionality is still the same.
2: It's oh, just- it's functionality. It's, it's just a, it's just a protection thing. Yeah, it is uh, totally that it is not change the function. It will not change. Like does my graphics card have to change? Cause I no no, it does. They're totally interchangeable. It's just a, an extra protection thing as you get to the, the longevity of that we want this connector to be around for many times a long time. And we want, you know, users not to damage their power supplies when they have, we keep them for, you know, five, 10, or how many years they keep them.
0: Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the other question I've seen about concern about the, the new connector, Mm -hmm. which, you know, that's, again, that's PCI. SIG is really who should be getting complained to as they're saying, this is, um, terrible for modders because you basically have your traditional you know wires for you know power and ground and then you have the sense pins which are a different gauge and much smaller and you've seen these very very beautiful high-end builds and people love to separate the wires out and just have them look beautiful they're saying this is going to be really kind of ugly to deal with and, and difficult couldn't we have done this Instead of using four wires, but just simply use a single wire and and, and and do some kind of signaling on the graphics card and the power supply to, to to make it just a single wire instead of having so many wires?
2: Um the hard part of that is is when the PCI chem goes and defines this, it has to work for both servers and clients. They're not thinking of just desktop. So you have to think of all of the, the high-end servers of, you know, mini GPGPUs in the system, all the way down to, you know, desktop and, you know, even PC Express and the notebook type of thing. Now, of course, you don't have this connector in notebook, but, you know, the idea is it has to work for everybody. Um, so, yeah, the, the number one criteria is probably, um, you know, not, you know, makes it look pretty. It needs to be functional and, and that type of thing. The other thing is, is, you know, like I said, this is a, our connector can support up to 600 watts. Like, that's a lot of current. Um, so, you know, the older connectors did not support that much current. Um, so when you, you're modding things and all those types of things, if you're, you know, getting adapters for it, like this is, you know, especially if the high end, you know, if you're only doing a 300 watt card, yeah, it's the same thing. But, you know, if a 300 watt card, you used to have like a two by four and a two by three or two two by fours, well, here's one connector to do both. So we're trying to simplify it in that you only have one cable, all the different sizes of GPUs.
0: And that is, that's actually a, an interesting question for me because, uh, you basically have, you know, 150, 300, 450, 600 from the same cable, mm-hmm. power supply supplying it all. This is quite a bit different than what we've seen with 8 pin and 6 pin where it's a fixed wattage. Mm-hmm. What, what happens on somebody who goes out and buys a, you know, very high wattage card and they plug it into their, you know, lower end power supply that only put out say 150 or 300 does it just simply we get a no post or does the video card um, just simply run in a lower power state
2: as far as I know it just runs in the lower power state I know we've talked to some of the other GPU vendors like hey is it a driver thing and maybe they implement this because you know hey the next gen graphics cards aren't out yet I don't know how they're in NVIDIA is doing it with their 3090 Ti's that just came out but you know I haven't seen this in person but would they have a driver that would pop up and say to the end user, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm only operating at 150. I'm not operating at my full speed. That's a totally a possibility. I don't know if they're going to do that stuff. That's a great question to ask the GPU vendors when they come out with something like this. But uh, okay. uh, I, I, I think we've talked about it. You know, I've had you know, lots of one-on-one discussions with all of them. And, you know, it's one thing we've, we've requested. Um, we'll see what actually gets through. And, and the people are talking to you are like, well, that's a driver thing. It's not them. So, you know these companies are, are big, so it has to get through. So it's totally a thing that how do we do that? Um, it's a good question.
0: Yeah, no, and it's interesting that you're talking about driver because it's it sounds like you get all the way into the operating system. You know, traditionally, if you don't plug power up your GPU now, you just simply get a, you know, the system will post and the video card will put on the screen saying, "Hey, plug in your your video your video card power dummy." So it's the I I can yeah. see a situation where. People get into the operating system, they're basically running their high-end card at 300 watts instead of 450, and they have no idea they're giving up performance, and they exactly. don't know why. So.
2: And that, that's why it's like I would hope that they would do that. That's a good question. Like you said, would it come up under BIOS, that type of thing too, or was it getting to the OS? That, that's a good question of how to inform the user. Totally recommend them to do that. But as the PowerSpot expert, I don't know how they're going to do that. So, right.
0: That's that's their problem, but
2: <laughs> exactly. I would recommend that. Totally agree with
0: you, it makes sense to me. And, you know, I I was kind of wondering the spec itself it says uh, the actual connectors have to be labeled 150 300 450 mm-hmm. and 600, but that's mm-hmm. only if they're hardwired.
2: Well, is they that- have to be they have to be some hardwired as of what what power level they support, right? They have to be hardwired that way. And the idea is, you know, you go buy a power supply and you're like, you know, Hey, I think the power supply says it supports 450, but it always helps when you look at the actual connector and say, ah, it really is 450 that I'm plugging in here or I'm 300. So how many more ways can we help the end user to, as you're plugging things together to remind you, Hey, this connector is only 300. I'm plugging into a 450 card. Hey, I- it's one last reminder of, you know, cause you can't look at the sense lines. Like how do you know which one's grounded or not? There's no way to do that. Right. So it's right on the label. Um, And at the, you know, as you look at through the ATX spec, that's one of the things that like the picture there uh, came from one of the GPU vendors. So that's like, hey, yes, we got feedback from many companies. That was one that came exactly from one of the, the major GPU vendors and shows that, yes, they want this as well.
0: So does that mean, well, I mean, does that mean you can't make a fully modular power supply with a PCIe 5 connector then? I think I've seen some of the mock-ups of what the, the, what the modular
2: look like is... On the power supply itself, you would have um like a dedicated 12 by four connector. So you can totally do it modular, but it would be a, you know, 12 volt high power connector on the edge of the power supply going to a 12 volt high power. So you may not be like, like today you'd have multiple 12 volts and you could plug in either a CPU or a GPU and it doesn't matter where you plug it in. Now you'd probably have to have a dedicated port on the modular just for this uh, okay. type of connector. Because again, it's a different gauge wire. And, you know, it's a different pin pitch and you have to do the sense lines. So it's not just the power now.
0: And so does that mean in a fully modular design, it doesn't have to be labeled in? So if I buy a a new power supply, the PCIe connector doesn't, if it's fully modular, it doesn't have to say 450 or or 300 or 600? Well, we'd
2: still recommend it to be that way because if it's the modular, it's, it's the Cables that come with the actual power supply, then they should tell you um what is what it is. Okay, um, I totally recommend even if it's modular, to still say that because you know where's the where's you know, where are those sense lines being grounded? They're probably being grounded back in the power supply. So hey, they know, you know. And, and this is where it's like different power supply vendors might do this different. Like do they need to say, you know, if there's two, let's say they have two 12 volt high power connector cables, you know, is are they both 450? Are they both 300? Are they both 600? I don't know how they support 600 in a in a power supply. Uh, Two of those, Um, but you can do, I think I was running the numbers for for a scenario recently, you could do two 450s in like a a 1500 watt power supply. Could do two 450s with the CPU. So it is possible. Um, I think what was it, if you're doing two 300s, it'd have to be like 1100 watt power supply. Wow. Which I don't know if there's any 1100 watts that exist today, but that's where you, you get to those things, yeah.
0: And then I guess to get to dual 600 would be... You'd be pushing full 1600 watt power supply? Well, with a
2: 1600, the the numbers that I've run, um, I don't see that it's possible. You might have to go to more of a workstation uh, type of solution. We're trying to figure out what that means uh, because workstations are going to have multiple GPUs. I think 1600 is going to be really close uh, to supporting two 600 watts, but it definitely can support two 450s.
0: Hmm. Okay. That actually brings up uh, a good question because I did want to mention the spec has uh, in as well as 12 volt high power it also mentions a 48 volt high power connector. And Ah. then it says, we're mentioning that here, just to mention it. Uh, It has nothing else. What's, what's the deal on that? Yeah, that's a good question. So again,
2: a lot of these changes in chapter three of the power supply design is, is all brand new. Um, That's coming directly from the PCI chem and those working groups. So a 48 volt connector is, is designed uh, for servers. Like I said, this is going to be for all the way from clients to servers. Uh, the server they might have uh, some power supplies that could provide 48 to the system, so they wanted a 48 volt connector for that. Um, so we do not expect that to be in, in uh, client in any way uh, in desktop. We do not expect that to be
0: there. So not even in workstation. That's just that's definitely for where you have unlimited, you know, high voltage access. Yeah, a workstation,
2: like a tower workstation, I would not expect it to be there. Um yeah, maybe a rack mounted workstation, maybe, because a rack mounted workstation right. could be using the forty eight volt just like a server could. So but yeah, tower workstation, I would still expect them to use the twelve volt high
0: power. Right. And our our definite limitations in the US is our um Yeah, the our... fifteen
2: amp wall circuit, yeah.
0: Yeah. So that, that's just, it seems like a hard limit at 1600 Watts we've always had. So Europeans, good on you Europeans. You could do that all day, I guess.
2: Yeah. Or or if you route a 20 amp circuit to your house, then you could probably find something, you know, a, a little, little beefier. So yes.
0: Yeah, well I think that's the thing is you either sit downstairs with your, your dryer on two twenty or uh-huh, maybe uh-huh. You, you put your computer in the driveway next to your Tesla and you plug <laughs> it into your your two twenty there. So hey,
2: we need we need a Tesla plug to plug into your power supply, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all I needed for workstations. if you have like four GPUs. You the two I think you can handle, but yes. Uh-huh.
0: Now, I, I bet, uh huh. No so the the question is so obviously ATX twelve VO I mean ATX twelve three well, the connector will work all the way from client to server. Uh-huh. Uh, for EPS 12V, which is a workstation uh, specification, should – if I'm a high-end desktop uh, enthusiast, should I just go and buy EPS 12V power supply instead then? Or what's- Well,
2: no, it's an interesting part. And this gets to, is like, what's different? And one of the things I might add there is is there's some power supply vendors that came out with power supplies that says, hey, we're PCI Gen 5 ready. That's different than ATX version 3. And what's the major difference? It's not just the connector. You've been focused so much on the connector, which is what everybody sees. But what does ATX version 3 really do? It's all about the excursions. And so I think I mentioned this briefly at the beginning, like PCI Gen 5, one of the big things they've added in what they call an ECN engineering change notice. um, So it's not just, it's not in the original Chem 5 spec. it's, It's a change notice afterwards, is the idea of power excursions. What's a power excursion? It's a peak power current event. So they've defined that you can have that these GPUs can go up to, or any add card, can go to 3x its sustained power. So if you, th- not for 100 microseconds, but still it's a 3x the sustained power. So if you have a 600 watt card, it's going to peak to possibly 1800 watts for 100 microseconds. So this is where when people ask, hey, can I just use my old power supply? Well, you can. But these peak power events, you're probably going to brown out your power supply. It could either shut down. You could have voltage drop, which could, who knows what that could do to your system. These peak power events is really the big thing that ATX version 3 is starting to handle. It's not the, I mean, the connector is important. But really, ATX version 3 is all about the power excursions. Um, if and that's, and that's where you get to, I know you haven't asked, but there will be a cost delta because of these power excursions. And I think I ran the numbers. I'm like, if you wanted to do a... ATX version three power supply for like seven hundred fifty watts. If you wanted to you use a, that would support like say a three hundred watt GPU and you know you know an Intel CPU, those types of things. Okay, if you wanted to have a power supply that's you know old version that does about the same thing and has about the same peak power requirements, you'd have to buy a traditional or out today power supply of about eleven hundred watt power supply to equal a ATX version three seven fifty. Huh,
0: that's so, interesting.
2: Yeah. So, that, so then you talk about EPS. Okay. That's a great question. EPS. The funny thing is, is okay. At Intel, I have another guy, you know, another guy at Intel. He deals on the server side and the server side has their, you know, power supply design guides. They call it the, the CRPS um, for those who really want to get into it, but they have their own. Um, and then I have the own, the ATX spec. He technically also owns the EPS, but we're going to look to update the EPS spec in the middle. So, if you think about just buying what's an EPS spec, it's really similar to an ATX. It just adds S and bus and a few other things. But the EPS has not been EPS spec has not been revised to handle these power excursions, which is the big problem.
0: In the power excursions, um, it feels like that's a it's a kindler gentler way to say power spikes. Uh, yes 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 Or is, is that just is that a is that an actual engineering term that you know we we're our, our mortal uh, you know dummies like me don't get <laughs> is that that's what the actual engineers call it and we all always call them power spikes
2: uh you can call it a peak power event or a power excursion i think a power excursion maybe it's just more of a fancier term but uh yes it means the same thing and if you think about it like our intel cpus we have you know a, a tdp and then you have a turbo limit and then there's technically a peak event well okay you, GPUs are going to do the same thing where you have a sustained current and now you have a peak event. So, yeah.
0: So, I mean, clearly the, the power excursions, they are sort of what we saw with some people with, I know early on when some high wattage cards came out uh, last year or a couple of years ago, there were definitely some, some power supplies that were, not up to snuff, and these power uh-huh. su- and these these graphics cards were basically, you know, sh- very power excursions, f- very very short spikes, but it was just enough to basically trip that power supply and shut it off. And so this is basically a way to like, hey, we're seeing a lot of these these graphics cards get very opportunistic with power use, even though it's like microseconds, but it's enough uh-huh. to. to uh-huh. To trip these power supplies so this is a way to basically say we need to we need to build the spec to address these these uh designs
2: exactly if you look at like to the, the some of the graphics cards out today they do power excursions what we call them um they're undefined amounts really so from a power supply perspective we never knew how much to do it and from an atx spec it never said how much you know how much does a power supply need to have i've actually looked through the history like i don't know revision one that oh said power supplies need to go to 110 percent. well okay that was nice uh, most power supplies today um, get to about 120 to 130 percent over the rating. Now it's for short amount, short bursts, you know, peaks. They'll go to about 120 to 130 percent. Now that's good power supplies. You can have cheap ones that don't. Um, and we've done a lot of testing to see where they do. Most of them will shut down about 135 ish. I think of the good ones, but roughly 120 to 130 is where they are today. These new ATX version three power supplies need to go to 200 percent. Hmm. Now, if you think about that, you're like, okay, the GPU can go to 3x. We're only requiring power supplies to go to 2x. So there is the hey, the power supply is overall for the overall system. That's why it's going to 2x the power.
0: Huh. Okay. But it it definitely, you're, and that's addressed sort of like in today's world, if I buy a very nice, very high wattage, over provisioned power supply, Mm -hmm. I likely did not have the same i did not have those p- issues that people had with the high end graphics card because it had enough headroom or capacitance inside mm-hmm. that it wasn't a problem um of course i i paid a lot more for my say 1200 yes. watt power supply than i than the people with 750 watt power supplies exactly i know you intel doesn't make power supplies you don't make power supplies i mean you're saying hey if you want to basically run some of these high wattage power uh, gpus you got to have big fat Big fat power supply today. But if you buy an ATX3 power supply, you can go for a lower end power supply. Well, that... lower wattage. Let's lower low, wattage.
2: Lower wattage.
0: Yeah. So the idea is
2: there actually is in the spec we call out like a recommended levels. Now, it doesn't cover every level, but there actually is a table in there. And the whole reason for the table is to show that, you know, yeah, you've you know, we recommend. You know, this is the size GPU. This is your power, your CPU. This is your rest of platform. This is what you get for the total system system power. So, like I said, a 300 watt uh, GPU pairs really nice with a 750 watt power supply. Uh, if you wanted to do cover the same peak events that can't happen with next generation graphics cards, you would need at least 1100 watt power supply to handle those spikes. Now, you can imagine what's the cost of a 750 versus an 1100 watt power supply. 1100 is going to be way more. You could go buy an older 1,100 watt, but the 750 new one with the new peak events is going to be less. So like I talked earlier about, you, know, you mentioned power supply vendors. We have talked to them and they have done a feedback. We looked at like at least three options of what's the most cost effective way to handle these spikes. Do we just oversize the power supply and the peak events less? Or do we, under you know, I guess from today's thing, make the power supply even smaller. Like if you, like I said, the 300, let's say it's 750. Well, maybe, you let's say, can it work with a 650-watt power supply? But then the peak would have to be even more. So we had to find that balancing act of where's the most cost-effective way to allow peaks that the PCI Chem is defining, and how is that the best way to find with a power supply? So that's what we've ended up with ATX version 3. It ends up that the even 200% number is where we end up at, but that was the most cost-effective way to handle this situation.
0: Okay, but you're saying it is doable to do you know these very high wattage pcie cards mm-hmm. with a 750 power supply which is is surprising i guess because you would think well the 300
2: you, watt if you need to go to the 450 i think the 450 i recommend a 1000 watt that's what i recommend
0: okay and then for anything more you need to reach for and i think a 600 i think i said
2: it was 1200 um so yeah
0: okay and then you just figure out how much other, how many other R- RGB lights you have in your case to, to figure out the rest <laughs> of, your, of your power budget. So
2: yes, and that's right. Published in the spec what's my rest of platform? And and it's like if you, that's how I calculated my numbers to say where we end up with the two hundred percent. Now the rest of platform is everything from your memory to your storage to your fans to your motherboard. I mean, you know your your Wi-Fi, which doesn't put a lot, but everything else in your system, your fans, how much lights you're pulling. Everything in the system needs to be art. you know, is, is rest of platform and like, you know, ROP power. So yes, hmm. and, def- and, if you, and if you were a fully populated system, like I did the numbers, like you could get to 400 Watts of rest of platform real easy at everything peaking at the same time. That's like every USB port peaking, all PCIe slots are fully plugged in. Like, okay, that doesn't usually happen. That's why you can pretty much say, okay, I only need 150 to 200 in ROP, but most fully, you know, full ATX motherboards. You know, if you populate everything, you can get a 400 real easy.
0: Hmm. Wow. At least it's possible But if it def- everything
2: peaks. yeah.
0: But it, de- it definitely sounds like if you're – even for a fairly high-end graphics card today, you know, 750, 850 is mm-hmm. working. But it sounds like as we move on the next couple of years, it feels like the we should definitely be – if you're a high-end enthusiast, you should be at maybe 12 or even even higher possibly for some of these – it, de-
2: it depends on yeah what size GPU you have. What's the power of the GPU and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I, I have a ton of questions from the chat. Okay, I, go Adam. If you want me to. <laughs> so Xana uh, Z- Loki asks, um, "How do you get a two times power spike on a sixteen hundred watt PSU that's already at the cap of the outlet?"
2: That's a great question. I have actually looked into this answer very detailed to see if I can make sure that it happens. Um, so how does a power supply provide that 2X peak? It's 100 microseconds. And technically, um, if you read the spec, there's a table. So it's like it, it's 200% at 100 microseconds, 180% for 1 millisecond, 160 for 10 milliseconds, and then um, 120% for 100 milliseconds. I think I memorized that right. Anyway, um, when you do the 2X spike at the... um you know, 1,600-watt power supply, how is that handled? The wall socket will not actually see it. That's all handled by decoupling caps in the power supply for that short of a spike. Now, when you get to the 1 millisecond and 10 milliseconds, there could possibly be pulling a little extra current from the wall. But it's a, it will be, you know, different power supplies might be different of how much caps they provide. And the main reason why they have to use caps is um, there's another new change in ATX version 3 is called the slew rate they have to be able to change at five amps per microsecond. That can only be handled by having bulk capacitors be able to provide that power quickly to to those peak events. So that's how those peak events get handled, And they don't really get seen um, too much by the wall socket.
0: And the the fear, because I mean, that, that was one of the hard things to to grasp earlier is like you're hard 1600 Watts at the, at the, um, at the wall, at the wall, you go any higher and the lights go off in your house. Literally, because you 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 pop the circuit breaker or you you blow mm-hmm. the fuse, the capacitors basically soak up all the excess peaks, and you should never see it outside. Generally, it sounds uh, like. You
2: sh- Yeah. And and we're still probably trying to do a little bit of double checking on that type of thing. So yeah, if you're buying a 1600 watt and you put in some really these things, you know, if the CPU and GPU both peak at the same time, which could happen when you launch some large event, you know, type of thing, you're rendering something or it kicks off something, they both can peak at the same time. And, you know, could you see that, 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 that power level spike? Um, it's possible. And then you're like, you know, does it happen at the wall? Um, the, the, the caps won't cover everything. Um, but the also thing is, is your your uh, fuse in your house is not a quick fuse. Now, of course, that could be different from different houses to houses. So some houses might be chirp faster than others. Hopefully you don't see that situation though.
0: Yeah. And, you know, this is not really a new issue because, I mean, if you're living in a brand new house with modern wiring, not an issue. If you're living in a, a hundred and twenty-year-old Victorian in San Francisco, I—I mm-hmm. I would think it might, it could possibly be a problem. But yes, yeah, the, the electronics might, might degrade over time. You know, yeah, there's a possibility. So yeah, mm-hmm. hmm. okay. But uh, it, but
2: that's a, that's a great question. Um, I've looked into that. That's a, a great thing. So um, hopefully, I answered the question there for you guys. Okay.
1: Uh, new Tech uh, had a question of uh, future ATX three PSU manufacturers, will they have to include some sort of cable solution for existing GPUs above 150 watts that doesn't have the sense pins?
2: Um, Well, as in like the older traditional 2x3 and 2x4 connectors, yes, Yes. those still can be supported. It's totally a a power supply manufacturer's uh, um, option to include all graphics type connectors. Uh, So I totally expect them to still support all of the old connectors. Uh, the other thing is is to think about here is um, a power supply doesn't have to support peak events in, if it doesn't have the new connector. So this gets back to that adapter thing, is if you buy a, even an ATX version 3 power supply, we call on the spec, that if you are a graphics car or power supply and you don't support the new connector, 12-volt high power connector, you don't have to support the same peak events. So if you buy a cheaper version of ATX version 3 that doesn't support it, you put an adapter cable on it, it's not going to be the 200%. It'll only be the 150.
0: So you Steak- could buy a, say, 750 mm-hmm. non... Doesn't have the 12-volt high-power
2: connector. Right. It's not expected to go to 200%. You get an adapter cable to go to the new connector, and you think you're happy, and you may not be.
0: Because you'll peak and power supply can't handle the – doesn't have mm-hmm. the capacitance to handle that, to buffer exactly. it out.
2: And this is one of those big things when we had the discussion earlier about those adapter cables. That's my biggest fear of those adapter cables is you plug it into older power supply. The older power supply, it doesn't. it might peak at 120, 130. It's not going to 200. I can almost guarantee you
0: that. Is that power supply vendor allowed to market that as an ATX 3.0 power supply though?
2: Yeah, uh, yes. If they does not ha- if it does not have the new twelve volt high power connector, there's different requirements. If it does not versus what it does. Now, when I called it out in the spec, I was expecting those power supplies to be 450 watts and less. So I say 450 watts or doesn't have the connector. Well, I'm assuming if you're a power supply vendor and you beta power supply like 550, you're probably doing the new connector. But we did allow them to. I'm not forcing them. Let's put it that way. I didn't want to force them based on wattage. We wanted to force them away. The, the spec calls it out with the connector.
0: So it would be a 450 with the PCIe 5 connector. It could still be marketed at ATX 3.0 because it is it is now with the new connector. But if it has a new connector and it's limited to 150, does it have to heat, meet the, the 2X? or?
2: Yeah, so if it's, if it's a 450-watt power supply that doesn't have the new connector it's a different requirement than a any power supply with the connector. So it, it all has to do with whether the graph power the power supply is supporting the new connector and uh, what its peak levels are.
0: So what are the what's what should i be looking for if i'm buying a new power supply? I want ATX 3.0 sticker, but i also mm-hmm. want to see cuz i cuz i can see how it's going to be marketed and, and not by the companies that are upfront and and have Will follow the spec. I'm mm-hmm. mostly getting to the people who read the spec and find ways to cheat because that's 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 how it is. It's like, well, how, I'm what I'm afraid of is like sort of lower tier mm-hmm. non branded power supplies that say ATX three and PCIe five. Hey,
2: that's why part of why I love to go on your Gordon, to explain this is like, uh, yeah, I know part of our discussion is is like, hey, ATX spec is old. We found like over thirty power supply companies out there. It's like Intel can't talk to all of them. We have a mass distribution list of, hey, here's the new specs, asking for feedback. But we have not talked to all of them. So yes, how are they going to interpret it? That's why I love to come on here and explain them. They're like, yeah, there's so there is a way. If you don't have the new connector, yes, it's a only go to 150 percent peak. But if you're if you're over 550 watts, we expect you to have the new connector and support the 200 percent peak.
0: And the 200% is all, is only if it's supported up to how many watts? Isn't there, doesn't it change if it's, if it's say a 450 connector versus a 600 or does it, does it have no. support all the way to six?
2: No, all the way up to 600. So that's, that the idea is, and that's why if you look at the table for how I built of, hey, a 750 watt power supply is for 300 and like a 1000 watt power supply is for 450, and then a 1200 for 600. When you run the mass on all those, they all peak right about 200 which is where i can make a consistent spec and go all the way down so some people might say hey on the on the 300 or the 600 watt spec why did you put rop rest of platform as 300 watts i never get 300 watts i'm gonna buy 1100 watt power supply you're like well when i run the math and you look at the peak power events i actually only calculated the peak events only having 200 watts for the rest of platform but the peak event sends you the 1200. So you had to do that, or you had to have a power supply that went to like, say, 235% peak instead of 200. Like if you want to downgrade and say, let's say a thousand watt power supply supports a 600 watt GPU, I think the numbers show that's about a a 235% peak instead of 200. So that's where you're like, yeah, that's like the the 200% peak really marries nicely with the recommended power supply sizes. If you vary from that, you might and then we've actually told power supply vendors if you want to say hey my thousand watt power supply will work with a 600 well then please tell the the end user hey my power supply peaks to this event if they want to design larger than the atx spec then go right ahead you know you can totally mr power supply vendor do that we don't want to stop
0: you right that is allowed to overbuild to because yes. that's that's part of you know, either the engineering or marketing of, of the product. Yeah. So. If
2: they they want to market and say, Hey, my thousand watt power supply is equal to a 1200. Well, it's possible. I didn't want to force that on everybody was what I did. I didn't want to force that to everybody. So uh, I allowed them room to, you know, grow, I guess you'd say.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's where it comes down to power supply reviewers and how much trust yes. you have in a brand and in the company. So that, that's yeah. a, that's why, that's why you don't buy the Gordon specials as Adam and Elena <laughs> would would call them. So It came with a case. It must be good. Must be good. Exactly. Uh,. I Adam you want to ask a couple more because I'm I'm definitely stealing all Stevenson's I still like I got a ton reliable yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm, man people really want to know a lot of this stuff. even I was okay. surprised uh, well,
0: well good I don't have any heart stops let's keep going Adam I know, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh,
1: uh Nerever uh, had a question uh, Igor's lab noted in November 2021 that ATX 3.0 will raise the 12 volt rail to 12.2 volt is this still a thing in the final specs will old ATX 2.x motherboards handle this overcurrent.
2: Um it's a, it's a good question so um the, they were actually um that was one of the discussions we had with power supply vendors and OEMs and other things like how do we handle these peak power events. Uh one of the things you'll notice in the spec is we lowered the lower end of the voltage. Uh previously the the 12 volt had a range of 11.4 volts up to 12.6 it's plus or minus is the range for the voltage. Uh, We lowered it to it's still plus 5 at 12.6, but the power supply can now go down to 11.2 volts. Okay? So the nominal of where does the power supply put its middle range? So when you have these really high peak events, the voltage is going to drop. That's just science. It's going to happen. Okay, well, how much do you allow that? So the power supply vendor is then says, okay, do you want to set your nominal voltage to 12.1 or 12.2? to offset for these peaks, so I stay at the 11.2 at the low end. So it's all, uh, we, at at the end of the day, so decided to keep the nominal at 12, but it's really up to the power supply vendor of how do they want to handle these peaks. They could totally, we kind of talked them through, do we want to force everybody to 12.2? Like, no, let's not force everybody, but we'll allow them to, if they want to change the nominal to handle the peaks, they can figure out how they want to handle that in their own way. Okay. But good question. Thank you yeah. for letting me talk yeah. about that. Yeah, this is really tactical details, but this is, a,
0: this is what I've been dealing with for the last nine months. So, yeah, hey, that's, that's it. And this uh, is what people want to hear. So yeah. you, yes. keep going, yeah. Adam. Mike.
1: One, one, one more. Uh, same, same commenter, uh, Nerevar, um, asked, uh, why did the ATX spec repurpose NVIDIA's 12-pin connector? Did NVIDIA know in 2020 that this is a 12 plus 4-pin connector uh, was in the making? Uh,
2: So first off, this wasn't Intel. Uh, This was the PCI-SIG and the PCI-Chem working group that defines the new connector. Uh, So it wasn't really Intel that defined it. Um, You'd probably have to ask NVIDIA why did it go from 12 to 12 plus 4. I think they originally came out with the 12. And then, you know, from uh, the looking at all the options that the PCI-SIG works through of, hey, we want this connector to support everything from... 150 or low-end cards to 600. Uh, we had to figure out all these sense lines uh, on the server side. There, there's some actually like presence detects, like some of those, the the sideband signals that we don't talk about that are not required on client is like a as a presence detect. So technically, the, if the GPU or the power supply wants to be you know smart enough to say how many GPUs do I have, this might be more in like the workstation to server areas when you have multiple GPUs, you can detect how many you have plugged in. Well, that's some of the extra sideband signals. So they needed all these extra signals, um, and that's why they grew to add those extra four. So um, hope that answers the question. Uh, you know, why did you know Nvidia first come out with it? I think they were start. They they wanted to lead the industry, and and Nvidia is part of the PCI SIG. So there's you know a lot of the larger companies you hear of. We do work together through these solutions. So it, this was a you know cooperation or cooperation probably a better word cooperation amongst all the different companies. To design the new connector.
1: Okay, nice. I I, I do have a, a string of questions uh, when we get to the twelve V O section. Okay. Too, but I, I know okay. Gordon wants to talk about uh, some other stuff, so keep going. Yeah.
0: So I had a question about the reliability because one of the other sort of big changes is the huge amount of, of um, power cycles that these they have to go through. Mm, like an eight. Mm-hmm. So ATX twelve V is like supposed to cycle one hundred and seventy five thousand and two hundred times a year. I think just basically on and off on and off all the time. What's what's driving that? And the quick follow up to that is like if I buy, say, a new motherboard with all this modern stuff and I plug in my four year old power supply, it sounds like it's probably gonna break because it's probably not made for those duty cycles.
2: Uh the funny thing is is as like you and other commenters have commented about that, that's actually not new to the spec. That was in the ATX two point five oh. spec. So it's been around for like five years but anyway it's- what was the, what's the history for it like why is it there you're like why is it there is probably your question yeah um it really has to get to is um as as the overall industry wants to move to a um what microsoft terminology is is modern standby um and then the idea is as the computers can turn on and off just as fast as your phone um if you look at most of the or almost all of the intel notebooks of either 11th gen or 12th gen uh, cpus have modern standby built in well very little desktops do. the they're, they're, We're getting more and more in modern standby. And the idea is it's, it's faster resume and there's other things. There's some security features coming, all, all, a whole bunch of stuff coming with modern standby. This is one of those requirements that modern standby will turn it on off the power supply more often than you normally would have. So every time your display turns off, your, your power supply would turn off because you're going to a super low power. Now it resumes fast. So this is one of those things that this is future proofing your power supply for newer requirements from that perspective. So that's why it was out there for many years because modern standby has been around for many years. And that's, that's what it is. The, the exact calculation if someone wants to back calculate it. It's uh, your system turning on and off uh, every three minutes for a full year is how we calculated that number.
0: Oh, okay. And that's, that is happening. And, and I guess that's, Modern standby just isn't turned on in most desktop machines, I guess. Is.
2: Um, they the, they actually have to be designed and built that way. It's not just something of turning it on. You actually have to. There's stuff. There's a little bit of BIOS, a little bit of motherboard things. So that you actually have to buy a motherboard that's modern standby capable.
0: Right, and and work to enable it and all that stuff. And that's typically yes. more of an. That's why you buy an OEM machine. Yes, not a, you you the DIYers typically don't deal with it, I guess.
2: Yeah, without going into too much detail of modern standby, we are trying to figure out how that works in the DOI space. Um it's it's a lot more complicated, complicated because every component in the system has to be modern standby compliant, your graphics card, your SSD, your um you know everything that you plug into the system. If you plug in anything bad, it'll mess up your modern standby experience. So that's where it's like it's more complicated in in the DIY space versus in the OEM. It's like they know exactly what they're putting in, they can validate everything um so anyway but we want power supplies so we want your power supply version three power supply to be ready for maybe in two or three years when you get a modern standby system hey your power supply is ready to go
0: ah okay and it sounds like as you pointed out it's been out for maybe five years or quite a while uh so pretty much even today's power supplies probably are made for those duty cycles
2: um if they're atx 2.5 which if you really think about it you know like yeah intel puts out these specs atx 2.5 was not picked up a whole lot like if you go look on newer of real places the people kept listing as atx 2.4 um you know atx version 3 is a huge change since everybody's picking it up and yes mold power or every power supply vendor that i've talked to is like yes we're going to make a new power supply for this they may not have picked up atx 2.5 because they all said hey modern standby is we don't expect it to come, so the spec was there. So when it was ready for power supplies it, it was ready. Um, but yeah, there was probably very little power supplies that had that. And the other thing is, is some power supplies had to make a change to that, and some did not. It really gets to how they designed the power supply and the mechanically. Is it a mechanical switch that turns on and off, or is it electronic? If it was electronic that turns the power supply on and off, it, it was like a minor concern.
0: And that's I, I I would have to say that's one thing I miss about. You know, formfactors.org is you mm, could. Mm-hmm. It was sort of that repository for most yeah. of this, the public-facing specs for even you know sort of uh, hobbyists who are into it. So now it's you know you have to dive into the Intel search engine to, to find a lot of this <laughs> stuff. So, yes, I had yes. no idea there was an ATX. 2. I've not. I haven't been able to find it. I I've had to like search for different versions just to find the documentation. So,
2: if you want me, Gordon, I can send you the old historical version. That yes, but anyway. oh cool. So That'd there was a, there was technically a 2.5, a 2.51 and a 2.52 and a
0: 2.53. Oh wow. Yeah, no, I had I think I could find 2.3ish is the last one I, I could locate so. Okay. Anyway, I'm I'm, yes. I'm advocating for formfactors.org to come back so. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I can I ask about the efficiency cuz there's a new low mm, power yes. efficiency in ATX 3.0. It's a 70, what, 10, under a 10 watt load, 70%. Well, 70%
2: is the recommended. That's another one of those things that's, it's not actually new. That was in ATX 2.5. So that's really not new. Um, So it might be new that people are actually noticing it. Um, And the really, the idea on it is we're requiring a 60% efficiency, either, at you know, and that's based on the size of the power supply. So if you're either a 10 watt load or 2% efficiency, the idea behind that is, is when you're sitting idle or doing very little power, you know, you don't want your power supply to 50% loss. Like most power supplies today, when you're sitting at idle, you're probably about a 50% efficient system. So when you get up and walk to, you know, the kitchen, or then you get like, leave your computer on, and you walk to the kitchen, and then you forget about something, you turn the TV on sitting there for hours. Yeah, you're just burning all this power because your power supply is inefficient. You're like, no, we can do better. So let's make those specs better. And, and I know eventually get the 12 VO, 12 VO is even higher. Like the required rooms, that is 70%, uh, cause they can be more efficient. So anyway, that's, you know, that's one of the reasons for 12 VO,
0: but anyway, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know if we want to transition there yet. Yeah, cause that, that was my question. Is like, th- does this new low power, um, uh, is, is, is it recommended or required? 60 is it re- is it required, I guess?
2: 60 is required, 70 is recommended. 70 I know is really hard for multi-rail. I totally agree. This is really hard. Um, there's a few power supplies that meet it, and those are not the cheap ones. So, yes, if you buy a high end, you probably can get really good efficiency. Um, but, majority of them, we wanted to make it no, 60% is required. Because if you look at it, what I know the testing I've done it for the past couple of years, most power supplies are between 40 to 60% efficient at that load. Yeah, yeah you're like, I've, I've some that are like 42%, and you're like, that's just, no, if we're going new power supplies, come on, they need to be better than that. I know they can do better.
0: And I think a lot of people, that's one of the sort of misunderstood things about ATX-12VO is they go like, well, that's nothing. You're looking at, you know, four watts, but you're looking at hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours of just sitting there doing nothing where you're burning four watts, and then also typically – um, for ATX-12 VO, it, it was aimed at fleets. If you have 10,000 computers in mm-hmm. your oil company, you know that's that's a lot of power that you're just simply wasting. So
2: Yeah, and it really, if you want to buy ATX-12 VO, like, hey, that's what we talked about two years ago. Uh, we are pleased to announce, and if you read the actual uh, uh, Intel News Byte, um, MSI is the first one to release an actual branded system with 12 VO in it. Um, so MSI has both a content creator system and a game system. Um, um it's it's you know looks really nice and sleek from that perspective and they are 12 vo uh, but that's yes 12 vo will it eventually get the diy i want it to and i think it will which which i think we'll get to later there's a brand new feature which i think is super important for this this market um we'll get to uh but yes it'll probably come to the, the local oems um, like if you go buy a system integrator that puts stuff together uh, we're working with all of them to see when 12 VO makes sense for them. Um, if you go buy a gaming system from uh, the top accounts, they probably have their own custom 12 VO. They might be similar to 12 VO. Um, there's a lot of the the larger ones already have moved to single rail. Uh, so this is really the 12 VO standard is designed to get the rest of the industry to be able to have, uh, you know, the goodness of the single rail efficiency.
0: And And they, can, and they,
2: di- and they don't have to have the, you know, they don't have to be big enough to make a custom power supply.
0: Does Sorry. the... Does the 70%, if, if say you have a, you buy a really good multi-rail power supply and it hits that 70%, is that going to be competitive with the 12VO design and say similar capacity? Um, it can get close. Yes. It probably could get close. Um but
2: it will never have the new feature that we'll talk about eventually. So,
0: so we should – I want to hear about this now. I want to hear about <laughs> okay. the – Okay. so, okay, this is – we're moving on to ATX-12 VO. Uh, and for people who don't know what that is, you can go view the video we did with uh, Stephen a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's basically more efficient, gets rid of the the 3, 3, and 5-volt rails that you just don't really use anymore, moves in motherboard. What's the new feature, though, in, in ATX-12 VO 2.0?
2: Okay, yes. And so the, the funny thing, is, and so the really cool thing is, if you look at the AT- original ATX 12VO spec, um, there was a new 10-pin connector. So it used to be a 24-pin connector with the multi-rail. Now we're going to a 10-pin connector. In the 10-pin connector, we had a reserved pin 5. It was reserved. I don't know if anybody, No one probably asked, hey, what's the reserved pin for? Well, it was for this. We knew this was coming when we designed the original spec. So we left a pin just for this. It's called, it might have a little funky name. It's I- PSU percentage. The I just means it's a current-based signal. Um, so that means that as you plug in the different motherboards, it's consistent because it's current, it's not voltage-based. But the PSU percentage is the important part. This is a brand new feature where the power supply now can communicate to the system: where am I at on the power supply? You know, usage. So if I'm a let's use an easy number. If I'm a thousand-watt power supply, if you're running at 500 watts, it tells you I'm at 50 percent. When you go to 700 watts, then you're at 70%. When you get to 950, I'm at 95%. So the system will know when I cross that 1,000-watt threshold. It'll know when I go above. Because the hard thing of these power excursions is the way we define even the ATX version 3. We talked about the 200%. When do you need a 200%? Well, you need the 200% when the GPU and the CPU peak at the same time. Now, it's totally possible, and I I, I researched this, talked to many people at Intel and and, and other companies. You're like, hey, can this happen? They're like, yes, yes, it totally can. Will it happen all the time? No, no, it will not. So are we designing all this extra stuff into, you know, just to to be safe? They're like, no, it actually is possible. No, you really need to design all this stuff in. So, okay, but what happens if we get this extra signal and now the CPU is notified, hey, you've gone over the 100% level? Now the CPU will say, okay, let's back off a little and protect the overall system. So the CPU then will be able to know, hey, I've gone over the threshold that the power supply told you. I'm going over, go over 100%. And we'll still figure out where that number is because it's still on future systems. It's not out yet. But let's say it's right now, it's trying to be right at 100%. It's like when you go over the 100% threshold, the CPU will be notified and it'll be told to slow down. Now that also means... If you totally, drastically undersize your power supply, you can get horrible performance. And if you oversize your power supply, you never see this and never need it. So it's in that case where it's like, you know, you go back to the scenario of, hey, do I need a, let's say I have a 350-watt graphics card. Steven just said, hey, if I have a 350, you need 750. Does that mean if I go to 350, do I, there's no 800-watt power supplies, do I need to go to 850? Hey, if you buy an ATX-12 VO with this new signal, you buy that 750 and you're safe. So you can downsize it just a little bit and still be safe with this extra pin and extra feedback mechanism from it. So it's something brand new. Um, you know, we're, Intel's trying to bring innovation to desktop. You know, like I said, hey, desktop and power supplies, no spec for 19 years. Hey, let's bring some innovation to it. Um, and, and Intel's on that one pin and other things. We're seeing if there's other ways we can still be innovative, but we're going to innovate around 12 VO.
1: I I got a quick question from the chat. Following that up, sure. uh, or uh, they asked it earlier, but uh, Liam in Wales asked, uh, "Will we get? Will we will be able to get software readings from from that uh, that extra uh, pin, like so that you can kind of see it in real time."
2: Um, that's it, an interesting question. Um, maybe not initially. I would think in the long term, though, yes, I think it could be made available to a software utility to see where you're at. Um. So you know we're we're trying to make sure it's working, and that our next generation platforms have this working working with our oEMs uh, but like I said, I think there's ways to innovate around this feature Th- that this is why we're announcing it publicly now, so that people will hear about it other people you know software companies can hear about this, how do they want to implement in their system instead of holding this back till when we actually have systems is so yes, there is other ways to innovate and use this, so that is possible
0: does is it handled at the BIOS level in a motherboard then? I mean, it, is to-
2: it, it is totally a sideband signal as, and it goes outside of the OS. So it goes directly, if you get to the, the it's actually in the 12 spec, there's a circuit diagram. It actually goes directly from the power supply directly to the, the CPU IMVP, which is the VR controller. Now from the VR controller, it goes into the CPU and then it goes into that. So there is a way to like, you know, uh, possibly make a register available uh, so the software could read it. Um, but from, to get the speed of a reaction we needed, it had to go outside of the OS, and so it doesn't affect the OS. It goes directly to the CPU through the VR controller.
0: And it definitely, you know, the, and I just want to make make sure this is this is clear. It, it doesn't mean if I undersize the power supply, it's always running at a lower speed. the no. CPU. It just no. is only if you if you happen to peak the GPU and peak the CPU. And it goes like, oh, you're up at a thousand or whatever. And then let's, yeah, let's. Yeah. You
2: maybe you buy a 900 watt power supply and you're peaking up to 1200. You're like, that's when it's going to react. The other idea is, let's say, um, you know, your, your air conditioning, you know, dies and see so your, your fans are just going full speed where normally they're not. And at the same time, you have a whole bunch of USB devices. Maybe you're plugging you and your friends as all your three phones are charging off of a USB <laughs> ports on your computer. So everything you, you've, you're maxing out that rest of platform power. So in the situation where you max out your rest of platform power, and then your gpu and cpu speak, your or spike, that's when you need the protection. So under normal situations you may not need the protection as much, but you know, if in a normal case if you didn't have that protection you, you know, either you, that's why you need to have a really high, you know, in power supply or um, you know, that's where in the past you'd get brownouts in the system which shut down on
0: you. Right, you just crash. So Yeah.
2: So if you think about this, we had designed this signal long before the PCI Express in these large power expressions came out. The whole idea behind it was, hey, in those situations where, you know, your system browns out, that's why when you get it. Or, hey, you want to build a smaller gaming system, but you still want an 850-watt power supply, but you can't find an SFX 850-watt power supply. I can only find 750. Cool. Well, buy the 750 with uh, the IPSU percentage signal, and and you're good. You're protected for those situations where it's, you know, either uncommon or those bike events that happen really fast hmm.
1: uh I, I do have a follow-up sorry gordon uh from a uh, one dr ian Cutrus from tech tech potato it's in the chat uh asked uh can you ask if this is the same way how server machines can read power supplies in the ipmi controls
2: uh it's actually very very similar it's almost exactly the same so if you really think about it um Notebooks do the same thing right now, and servers do the same thing. Uh, desktops were behind, and they did not have this capability. So this is bringing something that's really technically not new to the industry. It's just never been in desktop before because there's no way to bring the signal. So this is really trying to get desktop to catch up to the rest of the industry. Like I said, power supplies have not had innovation for 19 years. We're trying to bring innovation to them. We're trying to bring new stuff, get the, the desktops to catch up to the rest of the industry. You know, hey, DTX-12 VO, we know efficiency can be better. Well, let's go do that. Hey, we can bring this protection circuit in. Hey, let's go do that. So, yeah.
0: Is there any way to implement that on – because, I mean, this – could you do this in ATX 3.0? Are there any reserve pins you could do the same signaling there?
2: Uh, there is no reserve pin. It's also much more complicated from a power supply perspective because in U-12 VO, there's one 12-volt rail. And so it's like they already have a sense circuitism for their overcurrent protection built in. So like for power supply to implement this, it's very very cheap. It it's like you know it's in the sense range of how much it costs to add this to the power supply. How much does it cost to add it to the motherboard? Um, you need a trace going to the IMVP controller. Like one single trace. Like that's it. Um, so it's nothing. It's very minimal overhead to the overall system to implement this. Um, oh, the other thing I haven't talked about, and if I didn't answer the question, I'd come back to it. When you get power supplies with this, they're way cheaper. Hmm. So if you were to look at, say, yes, we know that the cost is going to improve with, or is going to go up with ATX version 3. When you go from 120% peak to 130% or 200% peak, yeah, that's going to cost a little more. Sorry. Hey, when you add ITX 12VL pieces or the, PS, uh, the PSU percentage, when you add that signal, that cost delta Is sometimes instead of be let's just say it could be like a third of the there's still gonna be a slight cost impact because you got to go up to 200% for that short term, but the cost impact will be greatly reduced
0: with this new signal
2: for the power supply cost for ATX 12VO
0: 220, right?
2: Yes, yeah. So if you look at it like so the the ATX 12VO still has to go to 200%, but in the in version three, so the multi let's just call it multi rail, the multi rail version. At one millisecond, you still have to have a 180%. Well, at the one millisecond on a, a 12 VO power supply, it, doesn't, it goes to 130. That's a huge cost
0: savings right there. And that's because the power supply can let it know not to, to spike it that, that high, yeah, right? So,
2: exactly. The, the CPU will be notified that, hey, you went over and we need to slow down.
0: Huh. That's a pretty good incentive for people to not be... So negative towards ATX 12 VO, it sounds like. Exactly. And,
2: and we're trying to, yes, try to bring out, as you know, we're, we're working with you know, our partners to bring this to market with, with the next generation. So it, the MSI system it's out right now, um, they went with kind of ATX version 1.0. So it does not have this new feature. Um, so just to let you know, yes, it, it is a 12 VO. It's good, efficient, highly recommend the system. It does not have this new feature. And only, and this only feature will only work with our next generation
0: CPUs. It doesn't work with our current ones. So, just to clarify, I'm sorry, next generation only. Not yes, current? okay. Not not the 12th gen. It'll be the next gen. CPU. But I mean, it's still, it, it's definitely, a, it's a good because a lot of people are like, why should I do ATX 12vo? Because that means the board might cost more. I got to buy a new power supply, but the if it's ATX 12V02 maybe you save with the smaller power supply that's also lower cost cuz it doesn't have to have the extra capacitance i mean that it could end up being a cost savings in a way so I, we,
2: the, the numbers we've run it in and that's where i think the 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 system integrators and oems are going to look at this and like hey i can i can say there's a significant cost savings for me wow Huh. And, and that might be might make those systems cheaper to the end user so yeah yeah that's really like will this eventually come to diy i think with this new innovation i think this is what will bring 12 vo uh to the diy market now when will it happen uh, we'll see um but uh, as as the as the owner of the spec and all that type of thing i totally think it makes sense to bring it to diy because hey this is something new you don't get this um on your multi-rail power
0: supply hmm. adam you want to you want to clear clear any other questions i got i got a couple more but
1: well, uh, Dr. Ian Cutris, uh follows up with uh, next gen. By next gen, do you mean Raptor Lake on the same motherboard or 700 series motherboards? Or do you mean Meteor Lake?
0: Don't get Stephen fired.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can comment on that. <laughs> just stay next gen.
1: Stead task. <laughs> um, I, I do have an interesting question from uh, Flash Photo. Uh, why is there such a short uh, time frame between the 1.0 and the 2.0 of 12 v
2: um for all the stuff we've been talking about <laughs> um when i when we originally did 1.0 of the 12 VO spec um and then we were going to introduce this ipsu percentage signal like i said we reserved pin 5 for it that was totally intentioned it was supposed to be version 1.1 well then all these peak events came with uh you know pca express and all these other peak events as a brand new connector we were making a major revision to the multi-rail spec, so we decided let's just make it. This is a major change to 12VO as well, so that's why it went to 2.0. Yes, the, the original intention was not. It was supposed to be 1.1. Uh, if you actually read in the revision history of the 12VO spec, you'll see that the IPSU percentage stuff is classified as 1.1, and then the 2.0 stuff is all the PCI Express stuff. It's kind of hidden in there. There technically was a 1.1. We just never released it.
0: Do you think that's a negative because people will say ATX 3.0 power supply, it must be better than ATX 12V VO oh,
2: 2.0? Uh, yeah. Now we're getting into so many numbers. I hope it's not confusing. Um,
0: yeah. It, that, that, I hope not. I imagine. And wh- I do I wonder, how has the – well, obviously, we're seeing that MSI system with mm-hmm. ATX 12 VO power uh, uh, 1.1 or 1.0 how's the adoption the reception been by si's and a uh, pc maker so far and i know diy is like pretty lukewarm still on it but how's it going with the crowd it's really intended for um it's getting um
2: good um it's kind of good good and mixed uh there there is a you know um who goes first motherboard vendors or power supply vendors first um they have to go together And neither of them want to go forward unless an OEM is going to buy it. Um, So that's where it's like, hey, MSI systems, we're talking to other larger OEMs that can incorporate this as well. Um, I have some other system integrators, though, when we told them about this brand new feature, uh, they were like, can you force everybody to this for your next gen? Um, So we have had comments like that that we do feel like the adoption is starting to change. Um, It's, you know, will it be everywhere? Um, I probably can't comment too much on that, but I think it's... Um, it's starting to turn the tide. I guess you'd say with this brand new feature. Before it was just, oh, it's new, efficient. Okay, cool. You know, there's a reason for it. Um, but there is definitely a change in the tide when we see, oh, there's a brand new feature. Oh, they're cheaper. Oh, wait, it's cheaper. I okay. I think I, a cheaper, cheaper speaks a lot in the industry, right? Yeah. You know, hey, hey, there's a new feature and it's cheaper.
0: Um, that's that's definitely catching everybody's attention. No, that that money money is what matters to people. Yeah, yes, yes. Has it? Uh, is it? I'm wondering if it's it's firmly keeping us, keeping regulators happy is, is also because I'm always concerned, you know, they always look for high power consumption people. I always feel desktop PCs are, you know, a, a big, easy target. Does, has ATX-12 VO kind of like kept regulators like, okay, let's go, let's go mess with somebody else? Um,
2: that's a good question. Uh, different re- different government regulators um, uh, come at different times to make revisions. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, so so when there's a new revision, they don't necessarily get too much detailed on the individual technologies. Uh, they more look at it as the overall whole. And, and if you're looking at it from that perspective of saying, okay, there is some of the larger OMs already have a 12 VO type design. Well, they say, hey, if this OEM can get there, then all the rest of them can get there. So I'm going to base my regulation on the best in class. That's one thing they look at. They may not go out and say, "Hey, 12vo, I need something like that," but you know, we're going to make everybody that. They more look at it as is. Well, you as an OEM and in computer industry, we're just going to set the limits, and you meet it however you want to meet it. Um, so that's that's the kind of way they look at it. So,
1: hmm. okay, Adam sorry uh yeah i've got i've got a ton more uh michael h uh asked uh earlier was an even higher voltage than 12 volt tempted for a a single power uh, for a single supply voltage for efficiency and ease of cabling if a truly clean break from legacy voltages were made 12 vo seems like a half step
2: um Yes, it was considered. Let's put it that way. Yes, it was considered. Um, but if you think about it, there's so much stuff in this, in the, in the, in the computer right now that uses 12 volt, like the, the CPU connectors from, from your power supply to your motherboard, those use 12 volt, uh, graphics cards, they use 12 volt. Um, so there was a lot of synergy to just go to 12 volt. Um, if you were to change everything, um, that'd be a huge change to the industry. Let's put it that way. Uh, We were trying to, with 12 VO, tackle the efficiency task, not make a uh, sweeping change and make it hard to adopt. Let's put it that way.
0: And as I think we we addressed the last time, you make radical changes, it just gives everybody an easier time to say no to you, right?
2: Exactly. If you make too radical of a change, then very little people are going to adopt it.
0: Yeah. And they have a lot of like, again, it's sort of like the money thing in reverse because now it's more money and- it's like, okay later see you in 20 years kind of thing so
2: yeah and then you think about it if you, right now to get a 12 vo system out there um, you know you could buy a 12 vo system you know if, if it was available from the DOI any graphics card would work for it if you had to buy a 12 vo system and you had to have the graphics cards had to be let's make it a 20 vo maybe or something like that if it was 20 volt only now your graphics card would have to be made for tw- 20 vo. You know, right now we're having a hard enough time getting motherboard vendors and power supply vendors to move toward that thing. And you know, yes, they are getting there, but now you make every GPU vendor also have to change. What do you do about hard drives? You know, um, there was a bigger change to go to a, a bigger voltage change. So you got to
0: evolve slowly. So
2: yeah, yes, and then the other thing about it is, um, was there a bigger advantage? I think the bigger advantage would be is you could make a less amount of cables because higher voltage, lower current, you could get the same amount of current. Um, so that was a consideration, um, but that had been a huge change to the industry. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm seeing that even on laptops where some of the laptop vendors have said, you know, this high voltage USB-C is, PD is, is cool, but we don't run it at that, we don't run it at those, i will not rail, we run it at 20 volts. They don't run it at 48 volts, so. Yeah, yeah. They, some of them just said, we're not going to do it right now anyway, so. Yeah. So I have a question about the sticker, which uh, I'm actually very interested in because ATX 3.0 mentions this. I don't know if it's mentioned in ATX 12VO uh, as well. I, I imagine it might be. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. So uh, the sticker every, all consumers are used to is 80 plus uh as huh. we know that basically says efficiency at this much load this much load you know so like four or five different loads uh and f- for the first time ever i think atx now mentions a a, a competing uh a certification, mm-hmm. uh certification standard instead of 80 plus it's actually called and i'm going to i'm going to say this slowly because everybody gets it wrong including myself it's cybernetics there's it's not cybernetics it's cybernetics so that is a, another um, efficiency, they will evaluate power supplies and say it meets this efficiency standard, and then you get, say, a cybernetic gold or a cybernetic platinum sticker. Uh, and for so we now, consumers can see 80+, plus. they can see cybernetic sticker on a power supply. Does Intel have a preference? Is there one that's better?
2: Uh, Intel does not have a preference. I, I think the bigger thing is in listing cybernetics was cybernetics, I mean, they've been around for a few years. Uh, they're, they're growing. Um, you know, they, they, they are, you know, I guess in a way trying to compete with 80 plus type of thing and do labeling. Uh, but they also have taken it from a different perspective where if you look at the way cybernetics tests, it's way more detailed than 80 plus like 80 plus does four levels and the sticker is only based on three. It's based on 20% load a 50% load, hundred percent load. You know, that's one of the reasons why we talked earlier about the low load efficiency. Like they, they measure below 20, but they don't, the sticker doesn't mean anything below 20%. Um, Okay, cybernetics does. They, they measure many, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I probably couldn't even give in detail, like how many levels they, I think they've, I've talked to them. There's like maybe a thousand data points they do when they calculate the efficiency. It's very detailed oriented. So they do a good job. This is them, is Intel recognizing that, hey, there is more labeling companies than just 80 plus. Um, cybernetics does a good job at what they do. And so this is us recognizing that, you know, yes, you know, cybernetics is out there. They're, you know, a good, good labeling company. And, um, you know, so both of them, both of them have their own purpose. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. Now, I also think there's, I mean, clearly, if you were to look at it, uh, cybernetics is harder. I would think it would be harder to hit a cybernetics, pass the cybernetics test than it is an 80 plus gold or 80 Mm -hmm. plus just simply based on the test. And also they test at a higher temperature too. So um, there's a lot of sort of pluses for a consumer to go, I want a cybernetic gold or you know, mm-hmm. power supply, although I'm, what I'm afraid of is a consumer will go like, I don't, I've never heard of this I've never seen this sticker before, so I, I don't want to buy it. so
2: Yeah, and that's the big thing is, is like, it's a good opportunity to talk about it like yeah, cybernetics is good. I mean there's not necessarily a good correlation between 80 plus and cybernetics. They're close. Like, I don't know if you could say gold of one and gold is the other. I don't want to get into that. Uh, but just by seeing a cybernetics label, it you know, that means they've, they went through a, a, you know, a very good testing house, um, you know, recommend them type of thing. Don't be afraid to buy a power supply with cybernetics. Um, you know, do you have to only buy power supplies off cybernetics? Of course, they would love me to say yes, but, you know, um, you know, any of them are there. So, um, you know, I think we're also even working with, you know, if I say, say this, they may or may not like me saying it, but we are working with them to see what are they going to do to incorporate ATX version 3 in it. Like we know 80 plus is probably not going to do anything. Cybernetics might uh, do something um, like, so you can, how do you know if, you know, if let's say a Penster power supply vendor says, Hey, I'm ATX version three. Well, do you want to have somebody third party verify that this really meets ATX version three? So cybernetics might do that. Now Intel does have our own testing list. Um, if, if anybody cares, there is actually Intel does have a power supply tested list. Um, not too many, Power supply vendors use it. Like there's like one or two that right now that always send us their power supplies, and um, it's probably not the easiest thing to look up. If you Google search Intel power supply selector, it's probably the easiest way to find it. Oh, huh. um, and we're and right now it's like and I think when we go to version three, uh, we expect to be testing more power supplies from Intel, and you know, we might be doing the same thing. So we'll see. You know, both of them could be good. Um, they probably have way more volume they could go through than, than for what it from Intel lab will be able to do. Um, so, you know, don't just have to get the Intel stuff, a thing. And then our website will probably be changing over the next couple of months to make it a little more easier. When we get to version three. We want to be able to list these power supplies better. So, um, you know, there is, there is that Intel will have our tested power supply list, but cybernetics will as well. And we'll see what they come out with. How will they certify whether you meet version three? So we are working with them to make sure they understand the specs. That's something we are doing with Cybernetics. So, anyway,
0: yeah, it does seem like it would be very important. Anytime there's a new spec, especially something fairly significant, there's all kinds of things that aren't quite lined up. So mm-hmm. um, it'd be yeah. great for, to have that list out. And i I think, I think that list has been around for. 25 years, but no, oh, yeah. nobody nobody goes there. So yeah,
2: no, don't no, think people look at the Intel site. Maybe with version three, they will. But like Intel's not in the logoing business. We don't want to go make an ATX version three logo. That's not what Intel does. We'll put the spec out there. We'll work with power vendors. Um, you know, we're, if they want to, they, you know, technically with the, the Intel tested list, it's free for power supply vendors. They just got to ship us a power supply and then we work with them to make sure that they meet. So Intel does more than just make the spec. We do test. We work with power supply vendors to make sure they're meeting these new standards and make sure they understand them. So.
0: There's a there's a whole revenue stream there in the sticker, so you could uh,
2: there probably would be, and um, but uh, yeah, we're not going to do that. We we're, we're Intel's trying to you know we want to stay a little more agnostic, I guess you'd say, or a little bit you know if we don't want to. Yeah. It's not a revenue stream. We're doing this as to help the rest of the industry. Oh, I'm I'm
0: just kidding because nobody okay. would, nobody would want an additional power supply tax sticker on their power supply. I think is yeah because probably... if I was to
2: they'll make money off of it. Now I'm charging the power supply vendors and now the power supply vendors wouldn't like me because now they got to go to E plus, then they got to go pay Cybernetics and then they got to pay Intel. You're like, how many stickers do they need? You're like, I agree. So yeah, we don't charge.
0: Yeah, and I, but I do think it's, it's going to be important because you know, you can see no name brand power supplies stick on a PCIe 5 connector and claim it's ATX 3.0 and ship it You know, and it's not going to hit 200%
2: yeah, you know, do they go to 140, 160 and they say they're good? You know, like, so yeah, there will be a difference between, there might be a difference out there. How do you know unless somebody's or something like that? Or does the power supply vendor put out their specs? I don't know. You know, the, the power supply vendors, how they want to, you know, uh, say how they meet it, prove that they meet these new specs.
0: Um, just wondering, so getting back to PCIe 5 connector a little bit, mm-hmm. do you expect there to be a pretty rapid, switch over from, you know, legacy connectors to the new connector going forward? Or it's just sort of up to how the, the graphics vendors follow it, I guess.
2: I think it's really up to the graphics card vendors. I think from the power supply vendors, they totally see this as, um, like if I was to compare it to 12 VO, they're jumping on this way faster. Let's put it that way. Uh, 12, 12 VO, they see the advantage, they see the benefit but they kind of want to see the orders as well. Uh, with multi-rail and the traditional ATX, they know there's people that are going to buy it. They know they will have no problem selling this. Um, it's not a question of that. It's a matter of how fast they can do it. Like this spec was technically released for March, I think the last day of February. Um, so it was like February 28th as we sent it. So technically it says February. Um, so it was February 28th. was when we, we published the spec. Um, we already have power supply vendors saying we want to send you power supplies within the next month. So you're like, yes, these power supplies will come out. They may not hit the market till the second half of the year, but we already have power supply vendors saying we want to ship you stuff um, for for testing to make sure that they meet this new spec. So uh, we expect the power supplies to come out quickly. Then it's a matter of how quickly the GPUs uh, move to the new connector. Uh, That's that's a good question for GPU vendors. That's not something that I would want to speak on or even know about.
0: Hmm. Okay. I can't believe it, but I think I've burned through every single question on this list. So, okay. Adam, if, if you've got any you want to clear from the crowd, because this is it. This is You're <laughs> talking to the person behind the, the Intel ATX power spec. So,
1: I've, I've, I've got three more, and then we can get out of here. Uh, Peter Jansen, friend of the show, asked earlier, uh, why does the PSU need to deliver that extra power via the motherboard? It seems easier, also quality motherboard in mind, to keep just... To just have extra cables or cables with higher amperage and/or voltage.
2: So right now, the only thing that's been approved from the PCI Chem working group is that these power excursions happen um, through the through the cable, not through the motherboard. The PCI working group is working through how that work affects the motherboard. Um, why are they doing it? Um, it's probably more a bigger thing as when you're talking 600 watts, that's a lot of current. And provide the the motherboard would have to change its traces. That's a drastic change to the motherboard because um, right now the motherboard connector is only seventy five watts. So when you're doing a three hundred watt card today, you get a maximum of technically on the twelve volt rail only sixty six watts in the twelve volt rail. It's a seventy five watt connector, but only sixty six is twelve volt. So you're like it. You can you. It's very limited how much peak if you're only able to do sixty six watts. Um, so if you were going to get to more than 66 watts then you need the additional connector so i hope that
0: does that answer the question
1: yeah hopefully (laughs) hopefully (laughs) i
0: I can answer this it would be a three thousand dollar motherboard is the problem so (laughs) that yeah you say that gordon i'll let you say that instead of me yeah
1: uh okay uh the the last two are from uh dr ian cuttress tech tech potato uh the first one is uh 12 vo still has too many connection points on the motherboard Uh, Can't we just have a single input plus GPU power? Laptops do 19 volt, but obviously cost more with onboard components. Any real solution?
2: Um, So 12VO has the the main 10 pin connector. Now you still have a CPU connector. And that's normally because mostly the motherboards, um, the VR for the CPU is separate than the rest of the board. Uh, so then you have the 12-volt connector going to the rest of the board, including PCIe slots. And then you, if you have – then there's an additional 2x3 uh, connector, yes, that you can't have on the motherboard if it's a full-size motherboard and you have multiple PCIe slots. So I, in a way, I could agree that could we have made it more or less connectors? Uh, the problem is is um, the amount of current that a motherboard can provide at the worst case, the connector has to be able to support it. Uh, so if we were to, that gets back to the earlier question of if we were to go to something different than 12 volts, like say 20 volts or 24 volts, then we could have limited the connectors. But then that would be a huge change to the computer um, that's like GPUs have to change, everything have to change. So um, we didn't want to go that route. So we did make the connector smaller. Um, it's 10 pin versus 24. Uh, so that, that was our, you know, we're trying to solve it from that way.
1: Okay. Gordon, you had something?
0: I just was going to say, I, one day it'd be, I'd love to look at what it's like to be, to have to deal with writing specs because you always get the comments and people go like, we need to make, this isn't radical enough. But I know that there's just like every time somebody tries to make a big break, it just, it always fails. And I, <laughs> but then the people, and I know Ian's asking this because a lot of people are like, like, why don't we feed all the power through the SATA connector? You know, or and data, right? So that every time you try to do something really major, and everybody asks for that, they ask for it, but they never buy it. As I think, I I'd love to find out what that where that friction point is, because everybody always says you should have done this, but when you do it, and then they just throw it in your face because, like, oh no, it's too radical. So,
2: and the other thing is, is I would point out is these are not questions that are new; uh, these are questions that we tackled inside Intel um i do say intel you know we're a very large company uh many different voices in all the voices that i've gone to um all of these questions i had to justify before we wrote the spec so these are not stuff that you know most of the stuff and and occasionally i do go read comment boards i don't know if i should or not but when they're about my spec i I occasionally do read it um and they read all these comments you're like yeah we considered that yeah we considered that yeah we considered that and it was like yeah no that was and there's a reason why we didn't go that way so um yeah, there there is reasons to go both and there's always a balance of what, how, how radical do you want to be versus cost effective? The cost is a big important factor in desktop. If you're 2 dollars more, no one's going to buy you. Which is the same thing with 12VO with the new power signal, you know, we think that systems are going to be drastically lower in price compared to a multi-rail. And that's that's we that's why we think 12VO is going to catch on because of the new new protection circuit. You know, when it was cost was parity, you know, like we always we originally sold 12 vos "Hey, it's more efficient." But the cost is about parity. You're like, well, so it's about the same. So why would I move? Cost is very, very important. If I was to make all these changes, the cost would not be the same.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I did an interview with the person who created USB, and one of the his hugest regrets was not making it a reversible connector. But he also acknowledged that if we had made a reversible connector from the get-go, it probably never would have happened because it would have been too expensive to implement. So. That's, that's what happens, right?
1: Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, last important question uh, is uh, you've been talking a lot about specifications and the testing and stuff. Is there an easy and free way to download uh, what, what you're talking about? The...
2: Yeah. So the, the Intel specs, if you go there, uh, there is doc numbers. But I think you can if you go to the Intel website and you download um, or you search for uh, Intel Power Supply Design Guide is what they're called. And you should be able to look at both the 12VO spec and the multi-rail spec. Uh, they both should be there. Um, I could give doc numbers if you really, really want to, but those are, like, so docking, so boring. If you search Intel Power Supply Design Guide, you should find them. Um, and the Power Supply website, um, again, we'll probably be moving in a few months when everybody's looking for this with their new Power Supplies. Uh, but the, right now, is you probably Google search, even when you're looking for it in the future, Intel Power Supply Selector it's probably easier to find on google than it is on the intel website.
0: so you know could you give us the document um, uh, numbers for atx uh 3.0 because if you do a google search you are going to only end up in the older older version not even 2.5 either it just will surface the older older version so for okay okay right. you
2: want me to read them off here to you
0: sure for people who want to search here at the end so yeah, people here yeah, if, if, if you if you've
2: listened this far, you probably might <laughs> want to read the spec. Okay, so the 12VO spec is doc number 613768. So 613768. And I need to look up the multi-rail one. It starts with the three. Um, if you think about that, you think about our doc numbers always go up. This, this Even our tech pubs people are like, this next one, this is old. Can we go to a new number? You're like, Well, the spec's old. So, yes, it's an old number. It is 336- Five two one, so three three six five two one. Yes, it's that old of a number, back in the three threes, and we're now into the sevens. If you look at the Intel doc number, so yes, it's really old. Uh, been around for a while. Same doc number.
0: Yeah, and it is very hard unless you use the doc number because I, like I, the only way I could find it was going from the embedded link from the ATX twelve VO version to the because Google will only give you the, the older. Older 2.2 version, I think. So
2: yeah, that's true. Sometimes the Google search doesn't help, and then even sometimes our Intel search. Uh, I think they approved about a year ago, but it's still not the best. So, um, yes, doc numbers usually are the best way to find Intel documents. Unfortunately, so there's your doc numbers.
0: That's my that's my last pitch for formfactor.org again.
2: <laughs> for the old timers, Gordon's going to go help me recreate that
0: website. So okay,
1: <laughs> nice. I like it. All right. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, Steven. It was, it was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, this, for- is,
0: this has been awesome. I, you know, cause I, I really, when there's a new spec, people are like, there's so many things to try to get a hold of and get your brain wrapped around. I think this has been a tremendous help, Steven. Cool. So.
2: No, this is, this has been a long interview, but uh, I hope we answered a lot of questions and there has been a lot of good articles out there. And so, you know, some of them have, are mostly right. So hopefully this is clarifying, not only knowing what it is, But now you hopefully understand some of the why, why we did it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's very important because people just sort of think things are just, hey, let's like throw a dart at a board and do this decision. But there, there's a lot of logic behind it. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, And again, like I said at the very beginning, this is Intel doing our part to the industry. There's many companies. We, we, these ATX specs we claim as industry specs. You know, yes, it has an Intel logo on the, on the document. Yes, I own it. But there's many companies that had feedback on these documents. So.
0: Cool. Thanks. Awesome.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Gordon.
0: So thank check you, back. Adam.
2: I'm going to take a shot, Adam. Yep. Yep.
0: <laughs> Check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the Full Nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And please leave your review anytime you're on one of those services. Every time you do, Intel considers bringing back formfactor.org. <laughs> Send questions and <laughs> comments to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Intel Steven Eastman. Thank you. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch.
1: Uh, something important. My uh, one of my teachers said back in school. He said, "Uh, you you have to respect AC power because AC power will bite you." Uh, So yeah, it's 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 important. It's good stuff. People in the chat are like, "Wow, it's sure it's not the sexiest thing to talk about, but it's it's damn important." So
2: it sure is important. You got to (laughs) turn your computer on somehow, right? You got to provide power to that CPU and GPU somehow. So yes,
1: it is the foundation
0: that makes everything run smoothly. So. Don't cheap out on your power supplies, folks. Definitely, definitely. exactly. And, and thanks everybody in the
1: Gordon. chat. <laughs> oh yeah, except for except for Gordon. Anyway, we'll we'll see everybody later. Bye. Okay.